You may be seated. Oh, hallelujah. What an awesome song. Aren't you glad you're free today? You know, I want to I speak, start off along with this song and just speak somewhat about the freedom that you and I have shared. And so many times we're guilty of taking our freedom for granted. But today's the day to be reminded about what a price was paid so that you and I could be free. You know, one of the things you see many times on TV in these programs, or maybe you've gone through it, you, ever, you see these animals when they're trapped, they become stronger and, 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 and they, they fight harder the more they feel trapped. And if there's something inside of us, many times when we feel like we're trapped, there's a fight that wants to rise up within us, or, or, and it just like, I don't want to be trapped. I feel like I'm trapped in this addiction. I feel like I'm trapped. Some people feel they're trapped in a marriage. Aren't you glad it's not you? Say amen. Amen. No trapped in no marriages. Trapped in this life. Trapped in this job. Trapped in this hopelessness. Trapped in this depression. Trapped in this despair. And I want you to know that you, God wants you to know, according to his word, you've not been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you have not been raised to walk in newness of life to live the rest of your life in a feeling of being trapped. There's something about when you're trapped that you just want to holler, get me out of here. I want out. i got to get out of this. When you're trapped, you feel like you, you just have to get out of this. And I took one of these pictures. You might have remembered uh, not long ago in Chile, uh, the, the mine broke and there was these 33 miners that were trapped and what they had to do, uh, they were over four, four miles down in the ground and they had to continue down these tunnels until they got to the very bottom and there they were waiting, not knowing whether they were, they were going to be able to live or not and then they were made this lifeline where they were able to drop a camera and they were able to bring food and water down to them. But they were trapped in that mine. And if you've ever been trapped, it's a feeling like you want to get out. And here's a picture of them after they were rescued. You can see how happy they are because they were trapped. But then they were rescued. Aren't you glad that you've been rescued? Give the Lord praise today. Rescued from being trapped. When I was, in, I believe I was in first or second grade when the first astronaut landed on the moon and I remember the night seeing in black and white, Walter Conkright and all that, talking about the astronaut going on the moon. I grabbed my toy binoculars, went lay down on the, on the car outside, and I was trying to find the astronauts on the moon. And so I went in the house and told mom and dad I found them. And, of course, everybody wanted to be an astronaut. So we went to my grandmother's house the next day, and her utility room was off of the house. And she had one of these old type of dryers that if it, once it's closed, it was locked. You had to push a button from the outside to open the door. Well, we decided we were going to make the dryer our spaceship so I got in it and my little brother was supposed to just keep the door shut but not lock it but when I got in there and got in position he locked the door and I started banging on the door let me out get me out of here it was total dark I couldn't breathe and he took off and he left me there and, and I could feel I was running out of air. I mean, I felt I was suffocating. It was solid dark. I couldn't see my hand uh, with, with the seal around the door. I mean, it was horrible. And I kept banging on that door and nobody heard me till finally my brother came back and he made me promise something or the other like he usually would. And then he opened the door and let me out. And I remember falling out, <sighs> trying to get air and breath and everything else. I could have died that day. Thank God for little brothers. Amen. <laughs> they, they, they make you call on the mercy of God But anyway, there's this feeling of being trapped But thank God he let me out But thank God Jesus set us free, amen And so I want to share with you in Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 And it says, and the Lord God commanded the man This is God, this is his first speech He says, you are free Look how he starts out You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. I want to start out with just a few words he says here. You are free. That was God's first message. The reason some of you are here today and you still have a fight in you. 
and you shouldn't is because you're made in the image of God that you were not made for a life of being trapped. Whatever is trying to hold you down and pull you down and tell you that you're losing, you were not born for that. And especially when you received Christ, there's something about more than a conqueror. The Spirit of Christ has come alive inside of you. And the Bible goes on to say in uh, John 8, 36, So if the Son sets you free, you are free, free indeed. You know, God's first message was free, freedom. Jesus' first message in Luke 4.18 was he's come to set the captives free. His message has always been a message of freedom. And on this day that we remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I'll just believe with you that the spirit of Christ is going to come alive on the inside of you, that there's nothing that's going to hold you back, nothing that's going to hold you down, but you're going to get a revelation that God wants you free. And look what it says here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, it was for... It was for what? Come on, shout it out. It was for what? How many need some freedom this morning? It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. It's God's will for you and I to live in complete and total freedom. Now, I want to start at the beginning, as you see in Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 3. It says, now when the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made, he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? It was all about food, and I want to get to that. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, you may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. This is how the enemy comes in. He comes in and he starts trying to say, God is holding out on you. A lot of people are trapped in their minds and their emotions because they see how other people prosper. They see how other people have breakthroughs. And they're thinking, you know what? God is just holding out on me. How can they get away with it? But yet it cost me. And a lot of people are going through this struggle. God is holding out on me. I want you to know today that we celebrate the day of his death, burial, and resurrection is proof that God is not holding out on you. If he didn't withhold his only begotten son, how much more will he not give unto you all these other things? Can you say amen and give the Lord praise? Amen. And look, God is not holding out on you. And look what it says in verse 6. It says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Now, I want to share something with you. And I pray it gets down in your spirit. If Eve could believe the serpent, which is Satan. And act upon his lie in eating the fruit that was prohibited. And re-entering into a curse. If you and I would stop seeing the Lord's Supper, Easter, and Christmas as rituals. And start seeing it as relationship. Of something that is not just something that we do because we go to church. Today, Easter Sunday is not a ritual. It's something we celebrate every day, every moment, every breath that we take. We are alive because he's alive. And so if we would see that these things are more than rituals and that the Lord's Supper communion 
It's more than just taking the cup like we do, taking the wafer and going through the motions. If we would look at the Lord's table as desirable as Eve looked upon the fruit that the enemy was tempting her with, and if we would act in faith, believing Jesus like she believed the devil, I believe the church would walk in a different level of authority. I believe that the church would walk in a new area of victory with a revelation that if I take of this body and I take of this blood, if the reading the wrong fruit would open the door for the curse then eating the right fruit which is the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ would give me even more life and life abundantly can I hear an amen this morning it's the life of Christ when they sacrificed that lamb in Egypt they were told to consume all the lamb it's not just the blood that we drink. It's the body we partake of. And the body of Christ represents feasting on Jesus. It was prophesied all through. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We look for so many other areas to fill our voids and give us peace. But the peace of God that passes understanding is taking that communion and remembering what Jesus did for us and had the way he made through for us so that we wouldn't have to live in a cursed life but a life that is blessed. Now, we're taking communion next Sunday. We're not taking it today because I want to share with you as we get through this. I want to encourage you on this Easter Sunday that you go home and you have communion with your family. You are a priest of your home. If you're a dad, you're a priest of your home. If you're a single mom, you are the spiritual covering of that home. There's something about taking the supper of the lamb in your home with your family. I'm going to show you some promises about that. But I want you to go home. I want to encourage you. You might have never did. You said, what can I use? Just use regular grape juice, crackers, bread, whatever. But use it to, to symbolize the body of Christ. Because if we would realize what is going in us when we receive of his blood and his body and the power of life that he gives us, it would totally transform and change our lives. Now, I want you to see here in verse 7. It says, then the eyes of both of them. When you take communion today, let's pray over our children that their eyes will be opened through the anointing and through the Lord's Supper, that their eyes were, both of them were opened and they realized they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. The, the reason we are here today is because none of us are good enough to fix ourselves. We are not able to fix ourselves. The Bible says that Adam and Eve sinned and God had to take care and he had to fix their problem through a sacrifice. Now, there's something I want you to see here. It says, and the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and he clothed them. Now, I want you to go back to something here. I want you to think back when you went hunting and you killed your first animal or you, you, you caught your first fish. I want you to remember what you felt like when you saw that fish slowly dying before you without, as it was not in the water, not taking air. I want you to think back when you killed your first animal because now you could kill it and you don't think nothing of it. But I want you to think back the first time you killed your animal and maybe you just wounded it and you saw it. You wounded it like I remember one of the first rabbits I got. I shot it and I wounded it, but I didn't kill it. So I had it, instead of seeing it suffer, I bashed its head in with a gun. I know you think that's cruel, but when you're a hunter, you do that type of stuff. But I want, you, I want you to hear what I'm saying. I want you to think about maybe one of your pets, a rabbit or a dog or a cat. I want you to think back when you saw that animal. Or maybe you hit one of the worst things is hitting an animal on the road, a dog or a cat. And you get out to check on it, and it's taking its few breaths. It's shaking. It's suffering. 
It's moving there on the ground. You're thinking, why are, are, you, are you being so vivid? Because I want you to see something here. You're seeing this animal take its last breath, and then you see it all of a sudden just stop breathing, and you see the life go out of its eyes. How many of you have seen something like that with an animal you've killed or you've hit on the road or something like I know more than you. Uh, you're not being honest here, and you're in church today. I know you've killed some animals in your life. You killed your neighbor's cat because you saw it doing something in the flower bed. I, I know all about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Don't raise your hand, but that's all right. God's going to get you. But you've been there where you've seen something die. I remember when my oldest boy ran to me and he had found uh, his dog. We had got him for Christmas named Bear. He had found his little puppy dead and he just didn't know what to do. And you go and you bury it. Anyway, I want you to think about this. Adam and Eve sinned and God's holiness demanded death. God's holiness said, if you disobey me, you partake of this forbidden fruit. God's holiness demanded you'll die. The day you sin, you'll die. The soul that sinneth, it will die. And God was standing there and his holiness demanded the life of Adam and Eve and they were scared. They were staring death in the face because God's holiness demanded, demanded death. But yet God's love and mercy reached down and grabbed a lamb and no animal had ever died and Adam and Eve had eaten from the fruit of the trees. They've never seen an animal died before. And in front of their eyes, they saw an animal slaughtered and killed. And they saw an animal's blood run down the ground. And they stood there and they watched this animal bleed and breathe its last breath. And God says, you can walk free. I've killed this lamb. He took your place. And they stood there and they saw this animal die in its place. And he took, he took its covering its, its, its skin and he clothed them as a symbol that the Lamb of God's own son was going to come and God's holiness demanded our death for all have fallen short of the glory of God because we have all sinned but yet because yes give God glory thank Jesus but because of Jesus saying here am I send me Jesus came and when the holiness of God demanded our death when we were lost in sin, God still loved us and sent his son to save us while we were still yet sinners. And as you picture that animal dying, and Adam and Eve saw that animal dying for the first animal that ever died, I want you to picture what we're celebrating today is our lamb, Christ Jesus, who on that cross bled and died and shed his blood for you and I so that you and I could walk out. That we could walk out. That we could be free. They saw it all, and the sins of the world gave them freedom. Now, we have a sister in the church. Uh, she gave me permission to tell a story, but I'm not going to say who she is. But there's this sis. She was going to college in Natchitoches one day, and she was driving down the road, and she saw one of these trucks hauling cows to the uh, slaughterhouse. And so she, she, uh, she hates to see anything hurt. She, she's even a vegetarian. Of course, in heaven, there's going to be meat. So if all you vegetarians, you're going to have to learn to eat meat because God believes in eating meat. How many of you men say Amen. Amen. There's going to be a Logan's and a Roadhouse in heaven. Praise God. God is totally into Outback. Praise God. But anyway, she saw these cows and she was driving up to that truck calling those cows and she started telling every cow, I'm sorry. You know, she's by herself and she sees these cows and these cows, you know how they're looking through the pen and she goes, I'm sorry. And she's, I'm sorry. She's telling every cow she passes by that she's sorry. Then when she gets to the driver, she gives him a mean face. And I'm sure that driver didn't know what he was talking about. But her heart went out to those animals that were on their way to their certain death. Which, 
thank God and Winn-Dixie that they do that. But Jesus went down the Via Dolorosa on the way to Calvary because he was going to die in our place to set us free. But because of that, God did not leave him in the tomb. But because he was spotless, he was raised again so that you and I could be risen again. There's a saying that an old monk was dying. And as he was dying, he shouted out, put away the priest. Put away the crucifix and everything else. He cried out. He says, thy wounds, Jesus. Thy wounds, Jesus. He said, I am not saved by what I can do, but what he has done. Not what I have suffered, but what he has endured. Thank God he took away our sins. Amen. Revelations 1.5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and has, what? Freed us. Shout it out with me. Freed us from our sins by his blood. Say that with me. Freed us from our sins by his blood. Death was staring Adam and Eve in the eyes. Death was staring you and I in the face before we accepted Christ. Hell was waiting for us. Satan and the demons of hell were rejoicing. They were just waiting for us to die. Maybe some of you have had a close encounter with death. Maybe sickness or a car wreck or something that, that by the grace of God you're healed today, but you were staring death in the face. I want you to see that death was staring Adam Eve in the face when God took the lamb and slaughtered it. I want you to know the thief on the cross was on, on, on that cross dying. He knew he was dying and there was no hope except he looked into the eyes of Christ and he saw a Savior. And he cried out, have mercy upon me and remember me when you come into your throne. And God says, today you'll be with me upon my throne. He saw that he was facing death, but yet Jesus paid his price. And listen to this. Jesus went out so he could come in. God went out of the Holy of Holies so that you and I could go into the Holy of Holies through the blood of Jesus Christ. When God saw the blood of Jesus upon the ground, God left the Holy of Holies. He ripped the veil and he ran. He went to the blood. God sees the blood. Amen. God sees the blood. There was a story about a mayor in New York who had to put sentence on a poor lady who was, saved, who was uh, raising her grandchildren. And the judge looked there and he looked at the tattered old woman who was brought before him for stealing a loaf of bread. She defended herself by saying, my daughter's husband has deserted her. She is sick and the children are starving. The storekeeper refused to drop the charges saying, it's a bad neighborhood, your honor. And she has to be punished to teach the people a lesson. The judge sighed and turned to the woman and said, I've got to punish you. The law makes no exceptions. Ten dollars... Or 10 days in jail. However, while he was pronouncing the sentence, he was reaching in his pocket. He took out a $10 bill and he threw in his hat with these most famous words. Here is the $10 fine, which I now remit. And furthermore, I am fining everyone in this courtroom 50 cents for living in a town where a person has to steal bread to feed her starving grandchildren. And he collected, and he asked the man who was suing the old lady to collect all the fines when it was through. And the New York paper reported, 
$47.50 turned over to the old grandmother who had stolen a loaf of bread to feed her starving children, making forced donations where a red-faced shopkeeper and 70, pretty, 70 criminals in New York were given out of compassion and set free. The prisoner was set free. How many know we were in debt that we could not pay as we were singing today, and Jesus paid that debt so we go free? How many are thankful for that today? Amen. Exodus 12, 21 and 22, it says, Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter a Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some blood on the top of both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. In other words, they were allowed to walk out of slavery bondage and entrapment because of they walked out from under the blood. The Bible says that they, they, when they walked out from under the blood to go through the desert, it says that their shoes never wore out. It says there was not one sick or feeble among them. Listen, the Bible says, according to the word of God, when they walked out from under the blood, that it said that even those who were crippled became healed. When they walked out from under the blood, a cloud followed them by day and a pillar of fire by night. They walked out from under the blood. Pharaoh had to let them go as the shrills of Egypt was going. And those that were without the blood were crying out. And you could hear the cries during the night at the midnight hour. As people were crying out because their children were falling down dead. Because they didn't have the blood on the doorposts. The children of Israel knew that they were covered by the blood of the Lamb. And let me share something with you. There's a lot of churches today and a lot of God's children who act ashamed of the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus. The word of God and the Ten Commandments. They want to take the Ten Commandments out because... Because they don't want to offend nobody. They don't want to sing about the blood. They don't want to preach about the blood. They don't want to talk about the word of God. They don't even want to talk about the name of Jesus. But just like the children of Israel were not ashamed. I said they were not ashamed to put the blood on the top of their post. You and I never need to be ashamed of the blood of Jesus that has cleansed us. That has redeemed us. It's because of the blood of Jesus we are forgiven. And all of our past, all of the wickedness and wrong we've done is totally erased because to the blood of Jesus and I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ I'm not ashamed of a gospel of blood and the name that is above all names and we should never never stop our shouting praise over the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from a multitude of sins amen death was staring them in the face and they went out from under the blood and the Lord had mercy upon them it goes it goes on to say here it says of course we read that it goes on in Exodus, it goes, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break. Somebody shout out break. Break the power of him. That was the devil who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And do what? What's that word there? And free those who all of their lives, somebody shout out no more. Come on, shout out no more. All of their lives were held trapped in slavery by their fear. Aren't you thankful that God sees the blood? Let me share something with you. When God, God does not see you, God sees the blood all the way from the very beginning, talking about when he shed blood in the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve, but even Abel's sacrifice. When Abel killed the lamb, God looked at the blood. Every sacrifice that was ever done, God looked at the blood and he honored the blood. All of his children 
They weren't perfect. They continued to live in wickedness. Many times he thought he could have wiped them out, but at the same time of wanting to wipe them out, he would look at the blood. When he sees you and I, his eye is on the blood of his son. God honors the blood of Christ. And that's why when he comes by and you talk about your past, he doesn't see your past because he's thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. Why? He sees the blood. His eye is upon the blood. Every day we need to plead the blood of Jesus over our children. We need to plead the blood of Jesus over our automobiles. We need to plead the blood of Jesus over our minds and our bodies. When we read the word of God, that word of God, every word, the Bible says that the word of God is sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ. Just like God raised Jesus from the dead, this word is a living word. It's just not a book. Don't ever read this book like it's a book. This word of God is inspired and breathed by God and it is sprinkled with the living blood of Jesus Christ. And when you've been covered by the blood, you've been come out of the side, the open wound of Christ, of the blood and the water to become one with him. And you've been raised to walk with him. And you read this precious word and you're washed in the blood of the lamb. And this word of God is washed in the blood of the lamb. And the Holy Spirit is hovering over you. And you get together and you have a meal with the word of God. And the spirit of God is moving and the spirit of God is clean. You keep reading that word of God. You say, I'll never get over this. I'll never quit this addiction. I'll never come out from this entrapment. Oh, no. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus did not stay in the tomb. But on the third day, he rose again. And if you keep reading, you keep reading this blood bought, blood written, blood inspired word of Jesus Christ. The same God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That word of God to get on the lid side of you. It'll raise you up. You are raised to walk in news of life. Because that blood of Jesus Christ it's ever living it says that the blood of Jesus will never lose its power it says that the blood of Jesus is alive it's activated and it's working and when you plead the blood of Jesus over your life and over your children over your car over our soldiers when you're pleading the blood of Jesus that covering is there and the devil and God will not allow the destroyer to come into your home why because the blood of Jesus is over the doorpost go ahead and give the Lord praise go ahead and give the Lord praise Look, Exodus chapter 12, verse 23, look what it says. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, look what it says here. He will see the what? Shout it out. He will see the blood. Thank God for the blood. On the top and the sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And look what it says. And he will not permit. He will not permit the destroyer. Somebody shout out the destroyer. Come on, say it. The destroyer. The, John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He says, he will not, when he sees the blood, he will not permit the destroyer to enter into your houses and strike you down. Can I hear a praise the Lord? Can I hear a praise the Lord today? You need, you need to get in a habit. You wake up in the morning. I plead the blood of Jesus over my marriage. I plead the blood of Jesus over my husband. I plead the blood of Jesus over my wife. I plead the blood of Jesus over my children. I plead the blood of Jesus over their minds, their spirit, their souls, and their body. I plead the blood of Jesus over Louisiana. I plead the blood of Jesus over the government. I plead the blood of Jesus over the United States of America. I plead the blood of Jesus over the borders of America. I plead the blood of Jesus over the future of my children. 
children and the future of my grandchildren. I plead the blood of Jesus over my home and over my automobiles. No evil harm will come nigh my dwelling. Why? Because I am covered by the blood of the Lamb. And I am covered by a blood that will not allow the destroyer to come in. You see, it's not just that you're Christian and you go to church. You need to apply that blood. He says, you apply that blood. And when I see the blood, I will not allow the destroyer to come into your house. How many know that's better than all state? Come on, that's better than all state. Give the Lord praise. Because of the blood. And he goes on to say, obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance or covenant. For you and your descendants. It's because of the blood of Jesus we walk free. Everyone in here this morning, we can testify. I am alive today. God let me walk out of a bunch of circumstances I could have paid for. Come on, how many want to praise the Lord with me? You know, there was things you said and places you went that... If you would have got caught, a lot of us would be having a prison ministry today. There's a lot of times we were able to walk. And we're here today and we were able to walk because the blood of Jesus Christ cleansed us and washed us because we gave our, our life to him. Amen. In Luke 22, 7 and 8, the day came of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. The Passover meant judgment passes over. And verse 17 and 19 goes on to say, and after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. And their eyes were open. They knew something's going on here. Passover is changing. It's not going to be the Passover of a lamb. It's going to be a Passover of the lamb, the lamb of God. For I tell you that I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of the lamb. Remember the lamb that was slain for the world, that was slain, that we could walk free in the blood of Jesus. Somebody had to pay the price. Somebody had to pay the price. I was in the dollar store yesterday getting some stuff and they played that song, uh, Have You Forgotten? And it's a song about 9-11. And he says, have you forgotten? And you, listening to that all over again, I started remembering about when, when we saw the towers fail. And so many young men and women started joining the military. I mean, when that, those towers fail, you could feel all of America coming together. It's like somebody's going to pay. Somebody's going to pay for them towers falling. Somebody's going to pay for them people who were killed upon them in them airplanes. And all the thousands of family that lost their loved ones in the airplane and the people that were jumping out of the towers and all the suffering and everything. There was a cry in America, somebody's got to pay. Somebody's got to pay. And we went to war in, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan and, and still in war in those places and, and fighting against against uh, the Taliban and all these others because somebody had to pay. Well, I want you to know we were all guilty against the blood and the life of Jesus Christ. We were all guilty of sin and shame and trapped in that. Somebody had to pay. And because of God's mercy for us, it wasn't us that had to pay, but Jesus paid the price for us. Can you give him praise for that today? I want to share something with you as we get ready to close. In Genesis chapter 3, I shared with you that they ate a meal with God. 
in Exodus, they killed the sacrificial Passover lamb and they ate a meal covered under the blood. First miracle Jesus did was a miracle at a wedding where he changed the water into wine and he was eating a meal at the reception of a wedding. The first temptation of Christ, listen to this. The first temptation of Christ, Satan tried to do with Jesus what he did with Adam. The devil wanted to eat a meal. He wanted Jesus to eat the bread as he provoked Eve to eat the fruit. He said, turn these stones into bread. The devil knew if he could make Jesus eat the bread as he made Eve and Adam eat the fruit, the curse would continue. There's covenant in the meal. There's covenant in the meal. But thank God Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't stoop to what the devil was trying to provoke him to. And you're not going to stoop to the things that the devil's provoking you to. Can I hear an amen? Then we see right here that he's having the covenant meal with his disciples. After the resurrection, two of his disciples were walking down the road and they didn't recognize him until he broke the bread and their eyes were opened and they saw it was Jesus. Later on, the disciples were fishing and Jesus took some of the fish and he was cooking breakfast. It was all about the meal. But I want to show you something. What we're remembering today is that there was a meal from the beginning, always under the blood. And there is going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb where we're all invited. What we're celebrating today is the resurrection of our Savior who's made a way through all, all the darkness, all the pain, all the suffering. He made a way through death and he made a pathway through hell so that you and I could call upon the name of Jesus Christ and be saved. And I thank God that there is going to be a supper. And it's not going to be a bunch, it's not going to be a bunch of tables like you see at a wedding reception. It's not going to be a table just for Jesus and a few chosen it's not going to be a table for just this one and that it's going to be one huge table where there's going to be people from all the tribes and nations and we're all going to sit together and you know what's going to be great about heaven you're going to be able to laugh you're going to be able to dance you're going to be able to sit and visit with people who's going on and you're not going to have to be in a rush we had family over at our house yesterday and we had to eat and then rush to do different things but in heaven you're going to be able to sit down you're going to be able to just fellowship you're going to be able to talk to those who've gone on before you're going to be able to sit down and talk to Jesus and the apostles and the prophets you're going to better sit down and talk to them for and Jesus is going to serve you and we're going to be sitting at that table forevermore eating with the lamb of God I tell you there's not going to be any vegetarians there so you better get ready because it's going to be a feast how many know God is into buffet amen it's going to be something like you've never seen before it's going to be the most awesomest time and we want to thank God if it wasn't for Christ that would not be our future but our future is in heaven the angels are going to be singing the son of God's going to be rejoicing because we have prepared ourselves it's all been around a meal amen but I want to share something with you it says here let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come And his bride has made herself ready. I want to share this with you as we come to a close here. Because of remembering him, we have the responsibility to continue and prepare ourselves for the wedding we're going to have with Christ. We're going to face him one day. The Bible says we're going to face him face to face. And you know, I've had a lot of marriages. I have another one this coming week. I do a lot of weddings. In all the years, my wife and I have talked about some. In all our years, I've never seen an ugly bride. They might have looked something else before they got married. But the day of their wedding, (laughs) I never saw an ugly bride in over 30 years of ministry. They all were pretty. But let me share something with you. The day of their wedding, they didn't get up and say, you know what? I don't feel like putting makeup on. 
is just junior. The day of their wedding, they said, you know, I'm not going to do my hair today. And I don't even feel like putting that dress on. I sure don't want to walk down that aisle. That bride has been dreaming since she was five years old. And I have seen these brides with all kind of wedding magazines coming in the door. I thought, oh, my God, we're going to be here forever. They've been planning that wedding for a long time, and they've been preparing. And there's something about when that bride comes through that door after a lot of preparation. There's a glow about them. There's something awesome and beautiful about them that everybody just stands. There's a lot of people crying, especially the single ladies. But there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. There's a <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that goes on at these weddings. But when that bride comes down the aisle. All the preparation has been worth it because she's so beautiful. And that guy just loses himself. Even had one bridesmaid start passing out, we had a catcher. Just awesome. I would love to know that we can make the mouth of Jesus drop open as we walk in. I would love to know that in remembrance of what Christ did for us on this day. That we say, Holy Spirit, make me. A bride that is glorious and perfect. Make me the type of bride that Jesus would be prideful to receive. Because I don't want to be prepared in the future. I want to be prepared daily. How about you? I want the Holy Spirit to prepare my heart. Prepare my attitude. Prepare my life. That I can live up and be a bride to Christ. I wrote, I wrote down a few things that marriage means. Marriage is a display of relationship. Everything we do in the body of Christ is out of relationship with Christ, not out of rituals, not out of religion. It's from the heart. Marriage shows that I'm his property. Marriage shows that I'm united with him. Marriage shows that I'm identified with him. Marriage means companionship. I understand my union. I identify with his interest, and his interest is important to me because I'm married to him. I belong entirely to another, and his name is Jesus. When he moves, I move. I'm united in the spirit. As God took his wife out of his side, when that Roman soldier pierced the side of Christ and the water and the blood came out, the church was born. I'm going to wash you with the water of my word and I'm going to cleanse you with the washing of my blood. We came out from his side for we came out of him to be returned back to him as his bride. The bride is not only the future, but is now us preparing ourselves for that spectacular table where we're going to be invited. And we are all invited to be there with him and to be joined. When we see Jesus, we're going to fall at his feet and we're going to worship him. So on this day of Resurrection Sunday, it's not only because what we were saved from. I want you to think about what we're saved to. The future. That your name is in the Lamb's book of life if you're born again. If you accepted Christ... When you die, when you leave this earth, if the trumpet sounds while you're still alive, in the twinkling of an eye, you'll be right there with him to be presented to him as bride. We've missed out and we've walked out of an eternity in hell. We've already walked out of judgment. I want to thank God for that. How about you? We've escaped hell. We have escaped judgment. We've escaped spending an eternity with the devils and the fallen angels that were kicked out of heaven. We've escaped that through the blood of Jesus Christ and accepting Jesus. 
so that we can spend an eternity in heaven with Christ. Are you thankful for that? Would you stand, please? Let's just give the Lord a round of applause and let's thank Him for what He's done to us through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The body and the blood. The body and the blood. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just a few more moments. It's early. It, it's, it's, it's not even 12 yet. Every eye closed, every head bowed. We already had a number of people saved in the first service. They came up and they received Christ as Lord and Savior. On this day that we remember his death and resurrection, I want to give you an invitation right now to get your life right with Christ. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Nobody looking around. This is between you and God. If you know that you're lost, if you know your life is not pleasing with God, if you're not sure of where you're going to spend eternity, you can make it sure today. You do not have to live trapped in the fear, am I going to heaven or am I going to hell? You don't have to live your life wondering where you're going to spend eternity. You can make it right right now with God. If I'm speaking to you and you want to make sure your life is right with God, you want, you want to make sure right now that your sins are covered by His precious blood and His blood is over your life like it was over those doorposts of the Israelites. I want you to raise your hand right now and say, I need Jesus to come to my life and cleanse me and wash me. I see the hand. I see the hand. I see those hands. God bless you. I see that hand, sir. Anyone else today? Maybe you've known him, but you've wandered away from him and you want to get your life right with Christ. If that's you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Anyone else? Raise your hand. Hand over here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Anyone else today? Today is the day of salvation. Thank you. I see that hand. God bless you. Like I said, you might have accepted him. You might have been in church before. But you know your life is not right with him. Today is the day to get it right. If that's you, raise your hand. Don't leave here today. Don't leave here today without being covered by the blood. God bless you. God bless you. Those who raised your hands, would you come and stand up here and let us pray with you. We'll have people standing. If your family's with you, let your family come with you and stand with you. There was hands all throughout here. Come, come, come and stand. Come and stand. There was another young man who raised his hand. Come, please, sir. Come and stand right here. We've got people who are ready to stand with you. You won't stand alone. God bless you. God bless you. Come and stand right. God bless you. God bless you. Come and stand right here. Yes, thank you. Thank you. There's someone else on this side. You raised your hand. Would you come, please? Come. Yes, sir. Come. 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 Don't leave here without getting your life right with Christ. He died for you so that you can walk out of here saved and free. Come. Christians, continue praying. This is the most sovereign moment. They're coming to meet Christ. Christians, pray. Pray that if there's anyone else here, anyone else, there's still time. There's still time. Anyone else today, you have to get your life with Christ. Please, come now. Come now. As these have come forward. Oh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's bold. Thank you, sir. Here he comes. It takes a lot to come. There's a lot of people here. But he says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father. But if you claim me before men, I'll declare your name before my father. God bless you, sir. God bless you. If you're not ashamed of me, I will not be ashamed of you. He'll tell you on that day, enter in. Enter in, my son. Enter in, my daughter. 
we'll give you another chance. Anyone else? You know you've got to give your life right with Christ. Don't live in the backslidden state anymore. God bless you. God bless you. Could I have a, make sure there's a brother behind every brother and a sister behind every sister. I need another sister behind this sister here. Could I have another sister come behind this sister here? Thank you, promise. Come, 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 come. This is a glorious moment, amen? This is, listen, this is the harvest of Jesus' life that was given. He sowed his life to reap a harvest of souls. If there's anyone else, come. Come and join the harvest. Come and allow Jesus to write your name in the Lamb's book of life today. Anyone else? Anyone else? There was a number of people who received the Lord in the first service. We want to give you an opportunity this service. Don't leave here without accepting him. He died for you that you can walk out. Walk out of death. Walk out of judgment. Anyone else? If y'all look at me for just a moment. Thank y'all for coming. Thank you for walking down here. Walking to eternity. Of God calling you his daughter, his son. Forgive you of anything you've ever done. And not even remember it anymore. Just not forgive you, but forget it too. That's how much power is in that blood. And that's how much mercy and love God has for us. He says, I'll nail all your sins to the cross. And I will not remember what you've done wrong against me. I will not remember the trespasses, the sins. I will not hold them against you. When I see you face to face in heaven, I'm not going to tell you, you did this, you did that. No, they're, no, they're nailed to the cross as Christ was nailed to the cross in your place. Oh, that's good news. He declares you innocent. After you say this prayer today, he declares you innocent of all the wrong you've ever done. And he is honored to be called your father. Now, if you would place your hands upon your heart. The Bible says if we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth... Bible says we're saved, we're forgiven, we're born again. Just bow your heads and let's pray this prayer. Dear God in heaven, I call out for mercy now. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior now. I repent of all the evil, the mistakes the failures, the wrongs I've ever done. I accept your forgiveness and help me to forgive myself and to see myself after today brand new, alive in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that I'm saved. I am forgiven. I'm born again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're, we're going to get your information. If y'all want to, if y'all just follow everybody, we can just follow everybody to this corner. We got some material for you, and we're going to take your names and address. So, uh, if Brother Martin, if we could lead, lead them all to that corner over there, uh, we're going to let them go over there. We'll be able to, they'll be able to pray with you, minister to you. Yeah, please go with them. It's an honor to have you today. We're going to eat at that supper together.
Let's give, them a, let's give the Lord a hand. Let's give them a hand. Come on, hallelujah. Let's make the devil mad. Hallelujah. Glory. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. How many can say that today with me? Amen. Listen, let's keep celebrating Easter. Apply the blood to your house. Have communion with your family. And let's keep celebrating this day in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you and we bless you. I plead the blood over you. And I claim a new fresh revelation of what Christ has done for you. Come alive even deeper and more. We're honored to have you this day. We ask you to come back and visit us. And Brother Jake, if you dismiss us in prayer. Yes. Many of you enjoyed this service today, man. Yes, Father, we just thank you, Lord, so much for this atmosphere, God. We thank you for everyone that came out today, Lord, to celebrate your resurrection, your life. Jesus, we thank you that you were the final Passover lamb that had to be slain for the world to have salvation. And we thank you for that. We don't, we won't, don't ever let us forget, Lord, how much you mean to us and what this means what it all means to this world. God, we will not take for granted, Lord, the seasons, Lord, and the, the Lord's Supper. But God, we will use it as a relationship with you and build upon that. I ask you to be with everyone today. Bless everyone as they're with their families and friends and loved ones. And Lord, bring them back safely next week. In the name of Jesus, everybody shout real loud, amen.